Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Uh, we'll treat this as kind of like a mini instant reaction podcast here. Uh, looking back at yesterday's spring game, uh, never going to take too many things away from it, but uh, a lot of good things to discuss as far as what was seen on the field. Get a better feel for kind of where the broader program is, and then have some exciting facility talk uh, to start us off with. But as always, we'll thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, Louisiana Hot Sauce. Three simple ingredients, one fantastic product, title sponsor of the Nolcast, and we will uh, tip our hat to them as we start, as always. By the way, uh, I was looking through FSU's offer list or target list the other day, and uh, they have a kid uh, that they're interested in from New Iberia, Louisiana. So, like, that is that is full circle right there with the sponsorship. We will uh, we'll have, to, <laughs> we'll have to make a phone call, most certainly. That's uh, somebody that needs to, you know, be given a little bit of extra attention to, certainly. For sure. Um, overall, I, I think it's a very positive spring game. No serious injuries that, that, that I saw to any, you know, anybody who was going to play any kind of meaningful minutes. Got to watch it through again this morning. And I, I feel like I'm you know, fairly positive about where this team is, maybe relative to where I, I was with it starting in uh, you know, the start of spring. Um, but like you said, we, we do want to start with something else first tonight. And for those of you who follow us on Instagram, uh, and look, we don't drop a ton of stuff on Instagram, but uh, when Ingram, you know, got the hookup here, we had to had to uh, had to put this on Instagram. We we put the renderings of uh, what will be the new football only facility on our Instagram page, Nolcast. Just you know, go to Nolcast on Instagram. Pretty easy to search for that. Kind of neat. Um, some mixed feelings about it. I. From the outside, I think it looks sort of cool. Uh, it, podcasting is a visual medium, so I will just describe what it looks like briefly here. Uh, if you recall, like the 2018 design that they had commissioned, uh, and I know they've had a bunch of different designs commissioned, but the, the one I'm referring to is the one uh, that runs along uh, the, the the western side of the practice fields against the road. And this one has that, but it also has sort of an L-shaped building to it to where you also have it uh, extending along uh, the doak side of the practice field. So it does cut off one of the practice fields by about 30 yards. You, you essentially have your indoor practice field, your outdoor full practice field, and then sort of a, a shorter practice field, which is really not that big of a deal. You're basically never running you know, three 100-yard fields at one time. You just don't have enough guys to, to do that for the most part. I think the biggest thing here is that they're going to get it done and seem to have a plan for getting it done quick-ish? I think it's, um, I like it more than previous ones I've seen. I do think it's a little bit of a better use of space. Like, does Florida State have any, does Florida State have enough money to do anything that if we look back on it in 10 years, they won't wish that, hey, maybe we would have done something this a little bit differently or something like that. So I, I think all of these things are going to kind of be a work in progress, but it's a good first step forward. I'm a little bit surprised if they built it in this manner that they didn't consume a little bit more of that parking lot out by the the Bowden statue there. But uh, I do kind of uh, like the way that this looks, and I, you know, I, I I think this has a chance to be a very solid, good facility for them. You know, it's it's and Florida State doesn't need a chocolate fountain uh, to be falling from the roof or you know slides. Uh, all along it. I, I think it'll be a good facility. I don't think it'll be a Taj Mahal. 
but it'll be a, a good first step and something that you know many a coaching staff has hoped for. I, yeah, I, exactly. So I, I think priority one for this coaching staff was get it built. They 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 felt like it was important. I I do know from talking to some of these guys that this was not the preferred building. They preferred the one that was going to be built on the intramural the, the uh, intramural fields, you know, by by Matso, uh, which is where a lot of our listeners probably park for uh, for booster parking. That was going to be uh, much more expensive to do, and there was also sort of the, the issue of um, well, you already built the indoor facility, depending on what your your you know opinions are on the indoor. Um, but ultimately, I, I think they'll largely get over it, right? And given the the short nature of how long coaches are out of school, uh, like getting something done that can reasonably be expected to be done while these coaches are at the school is probably their top priority. Uh, and and have something something that you can actually show kids. That's not to say there won't be anything fun in there. Just the way it was described to to, to you know when we were talking to folks was look, this is going to be more functional than fun because this is not Nebraska. We don't have to like try to tell kids you're spending sixteen hours a day in here, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Tallahassee's already pretty fun, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 a cool place, especially if you're a you know twenty year old guy who plays college football. But yeah, more about like sports performance, recovery, uh, you know, the, the quote unquote, the work, like Mike Norvell likes to say, they'll have a barbershop in there because I mean, that's, you pretty much have to given your, your demographics. But yeah, I, I think overall, this is pretty positive news, man. They're actually moving forward and going to get something done. I'm sure they'll announce something on it uh, fairly soon. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what it looks like, see uh, what its final form is. But again, it's a good step. Glad that they've gotten as far in the process as they have, and uh, you know, we'll have to see what it what it ultimately looks like. But if they can get it done in the next twenty four months or so, it'll be another solid addition to a evolving, uh, you know, obviously a, a set of uh, facilities that have seen a lot take place over the last ten years or so. If they were, I mean, this is probably a, a silly use of conversation here, but let me just circle back to the IM talk. I mean would they have kept practice fields out there as well? Were you talking about a whole different kind of, um, you know, re-anchoring of your football facilities in general, or what was the thought process of the FOF only or the FOF only over on the, uh, the I, the current IM fields? I, I think they wanted to bring like football front and center to college town. And I, I don't know what they were going to do with the practice fields under that plan. I, I, I didn't get that answer. Uh, but like having your your football facility, all your football stuff going on, you know, right across from from Madso and Township and College Town, which you know the boosters either either own or or have a large you know hand in a lot of the dealings in College Town, it just seems to make a uh, you know a whole lot of sense. But uh, it's also probably a lot of money, and getting like the, the timeliness of this matters quite a bit. I, I also increment and I mean. I don't think this is going to completely go away, but I do want to throw this to you. I, eventually, the arms race in college football is going to stop or slow quite a bit. Like, I do not think the coaching salaries and facilities money are, are going to keep growing at the pace they've been growing. Eventually, they're going to have to pay the player something. That's not like a am saying they should or saying they shouldn't. I'm saying they will have to start paying these guys something and that, that's going to you know take some revenue right they're not going to like like one of the reasons why why coaching salaries have, have risen so much over the last 20 years is because the tv money's gone up 
but they have to also have a huge spend down from, from that increased revenue to make it look like they don't actually make any money. So they dump all this money, you know, continually just dump it in, in, into buildings and whatnot. I mean, a lot of these schools have nicer facilities than NFL teams have. And that's probably not going to be the pattern in the long term. So I'm not quite as worried about this thing, you know, and look, 10 years from now, maybe well, actually, maybe by, by, by digging up this clip, but I'm not quite as concerned about that as, as I guess I could be. Side note, obviously, there's a lot more talk uh, about this facility to be done in the future, but just wanted to touch base with it. Again, uh, if you have an interest, if you haven't seen the pictures, otherwise, you could go to the uh, Nolcast Twitter account. I believe we tweeted out the original link or just go to uh, the Nolcast on Instagram. You can go to Instagram, search Nolcast, and you will find the two pictures that we posted late last week. Awesome, man. Uh, a couple other things I want to bring up before we get to the game. One, uh, I look, I, I don't know how good FSU is going to be this year. Okay. I mean, they, I think they're going to have a shot to get to a bowl. I don't think a bowl game is guaranteed. I, I think they will be a better team, you know, by how much it, it's, it's hard to say, but I do think they're taking care of, of a lot of the little things as a staff pretty damn well. You know, I, I think they've been fairly quick to offer uh, a lot of kids that, that I, ended up being pretty good. I mean, there's a couple of guys I thought they should offer that they were a little late on, but you know, everybody has differences of opinion. And I'm certainly not, not the arbiter of that. But I think that what I'm about to tell you here, this is pretty cool. So they're running something that they're calling a mega camp, right? And this mega camp is basically a satellite camp over the summer on Florida State's campus. Now, FSU is not going to be interested in the vast majority of the kids that come to this camp. And so you might be thinking, wait a second, like what? Why does this matter? Well, the thing is, you're going to have coaches from, I think, most of like the G5 schools in the state. So you know, probably like USF, UCF, FIU, coaches from, from schools out of state, and coaches from FCS, D2, and D3 schools there. I mean, they, they might have 20-plus schools at this mega camp. And if you're a high school coach, you love this, man, because you can take your team up there and you can, you can have your guys run through all the drills and the testing. And normally, if you took your whole team to FSU camp, like there's the aspect of, yes, you want to get them coached, you want to get them better, and you want them to learn stuff. That's true, but there's also sort of the evaluation aspect, right? And with this, the vast majority of your kids are not going to be able to go to play for FSU, but they might be able to go play if they want to keep playing high school football or you know football well into college. They might be able to go play at the FCS level or the D2 or the D3 level. And I think that's important, man, because like if you're a high school coach, having your kid get talked to by any kind of coach, that 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 can create some real motivation for him going forward for the rest of summer lifting. And in the fall, maybe he stays out of trouble a little bit more because he has that motivation. Hey, you know what? I, that coach told me, like, if I keep working hard, I've, I've got a real shot here. And like that coach maybe followed me on Twitter, or maybe, maybe we DM or whatnot, and, and you know, he stays on me. That's pretty cool. And that's something I know FSU is working really hard to, I don't want to say establish better relationships, just establish any kind of relationships with the high school coaches in this state. And that, that's one way that they're going to be able to do it. I, I think this is a really smart plan to, to offer to host a, a satellite camp that, I mean, to be honest here, they probably won't find. I don't say any, but they won't find many kids that, that are, you know, FSU level players at this thing. Yeah. They're just going to help out high school coaches in this state quite a bit. 
Oh, I think that's a, I think that's a great thing. And ultimately, you know, it pays dividends. Ultimately, uh, you know, maybe you get a coach who plants the seed in your ear about a kid, you know, a year earlier than, than other people. Maybe, you know, maybe you originally hear about a ninth or 10th grader, uh, from somebody or just develop a, a relationship in general. Like you said, most of it will be for the benefit of others, but, uh, you know, long-term, all you're doing is trying to give yourself that little bit better opportunity to, uh, to close a kid or a little bit better opportunity to cultivate a relationship that can help you to that end. And uh, yeah, when you describe this to me, I don't think that's anything, but uh, some, you know, long-term positive impacts on, on their relationship and kind of interweaving, uh, you know, their existing recruiting with, with deeper relationships in the state of Florida. For sure. All right. Uh, speaking of recruiting, FSU really killed it this weekend, uh, despite the, you know, pregame rain. Um, their their recruiting turnout was just fantastic. We'll, you know, we'll talk a little later in a week about about that. Um, but I know Josh Newberg and Blostein and and Christine, those guys were doing a great job covering that on on Knowles two four seven. And they didn't have any competition, and they took full advantage of it. It was very smart to to open the game to the public, just like they had for the scrimmages and whatnot, and some of the practices, you know, throughout the spring. Because that allowed you to have recruits come because you can't have official visits right now, but you can have unofficial visits. So um, that was a big deal. They they had, I think at one point, like they were going to have 11 of the 75 stars on the composite from 22 to 23 classes on campus. Not all those kids made it, but they still had a really good number of, of top-level players there. Uh, I thought certainly FSU would not have directed their their current players to to do this. But I I, I did uh I did hear there were some pretty good you know, kind of a tour guiding slash just, uh, you know, be, be, being a, a nice welcome host, right, for, for, some, of, for some of these kids, um, especially the younger current FSU players, trying to be the you know, good ambassador for the program and, you know, be the advocate for, hey, come play for Mike Norvell. Uh, and your younger guys, for the most part on this team now, uh, were recruited by Coach Norvell and his staff. So good job there on that. Saw a lot of kids saying they were having fun at the game and uh, no no, uh, no, no huge, you know, wave of commitments, uh, but they did get one new one. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, I saw it. The kid out of Southeast Georgia, the Bullock Academy prospect. Yeah. So Rodney Hill running back. Um, I, we list him as an athlete on 24 seven sports, but I, I think ultimately he will play running back at FSU. Uh, they were, they were pretty excited to get him. He was a Virginia commit for a while. Um, well, not a while, like seven weeks. Uh, and then at FSU, you know, they, they turned up the heat on him. Um, versatile kid. He's he's a little bit high cut, but I think he's got some power. He's got, definitely got a little bit of juice. He is uh, on the track, can actually run pretty well. I mean, he was second in 100-meter dash. I think he was fourth in, in the uh, the long jump for, for you know, 3A Georgia as a freshman. So that's that's pretty solid, man. I I, I think this is a guy... Who can help you? Uh, I'm on record as saying I don't really like the running back class at all in the state of Florida this year so far. I mean, we're we're, we're waiting to see what Terrence Gibbs looks like, the the, the Winter Park kid, um, you know, coming off his his ACL injury. The rest of the, of the kids in state so far, at least the ones that FSU's in on, uh, have underwhelmed me. I'm not I'm not convinced that they are, you know, impact type guys at FSU. I'm not convinced that they are more than than what you already have on this roster. Uh, but Rodney Hill, I think, is a, is a a decent take by them. Not somebody who's going to scare off anybody else. But you know, right now, he's a he's a top five hundred kid nationally, and uh, 
ultimately, I, I think that's that's a pretty solid take for them. Yeah, he's got a uh, he's got an interesting tape. I mean, very much looks kind of like a Mike Norvell running back if you can throw that tag on somebody. Uh, but explosive athlete, not necessarily the greatest level of competition. So certainly have that in the back of your mind as you are uh, watching tape. But if hey, if a kid got a early and committable offer to Virginia that tells you he's probably taking care of business in the classroom. Um, and that's a, you know, that's a nice little ad, like you said, not going to scare anybody away. Uh, but, a, a fun piece that, you know, give time. I imagine Norvell and company can be pretty creative with how they use them. All right. Uh, where do you want to go now? Let's, uh, let's jump into actual, you know, game review here. We'll start a quarterback because, you know, where else would we start? Obviously we're, going to try to uh, not take away too much from one game, but kind of give you both a broader progress as they made throughout spring and then what we saw uh, in the game in particular. But, yeah, let's talk with uh, with Milton, who had his best performance, at least that anybody was able to see and supposedly has been performing uh, significantly better over the past week or so in general. And then, uh, you know, Jordan Travis, not necessarily a format that's, you know, designed for his strengths by any means, but you saw a kid who, you know, appears to have made some progress throwing the ball and made one or two plays uh, that kind of stood out to me in that regard. I got to tell you, man, like I, I'm feeling better about FSU's quarterback situation leaving the spring than I was entering the spring, I, I, I think, uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, I, I was a little bit worried entering the spring that, hey, what, what if Milton came in and just seized the starting job based on, on, on his spring performance, right? Like what, what would happen then? Would you risk maybe having Jordan Travis look elsewhere for playing time? So from that perspective, I think this is a really good thing because Travis, not only was Travis good, he was a lot better than he was last year, I thought, at least in the spring. And you also have McKenzie Milton improving throughout the spring, getting a little bit better. And now you have two guys that I feel like are, are pretty capable who are likely to battle it out probably deep into the fall. Like if you're Mike Norvell, there's no, you wouldn't name a starter anytime soon, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm holding off if I'm, if I'm Norvell for a long while on this, because I don't want, I don't want anybody to transfer. And also legitimately, I want to play both guys in different situations. So I think that they're in a, a pretty nice spot here. I thought Milton threw the ball. Well, everything that we had heard about him and that we had seen so far in spring, like it was better in the spring game. But the quick release that he's had, you know, always has been there, right? That's just something he has. It's something I, I told you guys about that I saw at the Elite 11 in 20, I don't know, like like 2015-ish, maybe, Elite 11? Um, or maybe 2016, I forgot what it was. But like the, the, the super quick release, I thought, I, I thought he had pretty good touch in the game and you know, he, he flicked it around. Like, like there's... There's real reasons for optimism there. He did plant on his back foot and drive off it the one time, so that was encouraging. You know, the arm's not great, but the the quickness of the release helps to make up for maybe the lack of RPMs. Yeah, certainly. I mean, he's got a little bit of a, a little bit of Danny Warfel in his game as far as a smart guy who kind of uh, I can see that. Yeah, puts a puts an educated, well placed shot put down the field. Um, and hey, look, you know, if we're gonna sit here and talk for three minutes about a video where we saw him running for one second. We, we need to say that in the brief period where he did uh, break into the open field and, uh, you know, was moving 
in uh, his top speed there for about 10 or 12 yards. Looked good. Looked really, you know, fluid, uh, relatively speaking. Never going to be the same prospect he was prior to the injury, but looked healthy. And, uh, you know, I think that's about as positive a performance as you could get. Uh, you know, your your third quarterback there, I don't – not not great. Uh, certainly had some nice moments. Uh, made one pass in particular along the sideline that stood out to me, but uh, still a, a decent amount of progress for – for what you're looking at and maybe didn't quite pair with some of the other news that you heard at the beginning of spring. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Um, but also the offensive line he's going like, that, that, that he is behind in, in, with Rodemaker is just, it's those guys can't play and they won't play with the exception of, of Essie's like the rest of those guys that, that were, were blocking for Rodemaker are like, like Ira Henry. I don't believe is going to play at Florida state. Jalen Goss can't play a lick. Right. I mean, some of the other dudes blocking for him were, were walk-ons. Now, that's not to say that FSU's defensive line they were going against were, were, was great because certainly at times, especially when they were in the second and third string there, they weren't. I don't know. I'm going to reserve judgment on Rodemaker a little bit, but I also don't think that you and I ever bought into the idea that he was going to be like a serious competitor for this job this year or next, right? It's probably a couple of years down the line there. I think he's a bit of a project if he's ever able to, you know, to hit that level. I also want to give Jordan Travis praise for looking as good as he did in a format that really kind of hampers his ability to to shine. Like the best part about this offense, I still think, is Jordan Travis's legs. I really haven't seen a whole lot of a lot of evidence that this offensive line can block uh, without Jordan Travis's legs, you know, being a serious threat. So he looked pretty good in the spring game to me for a guy who, you know. What, 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 once you're touched one-handed, you're down. And yet, man, we've seen this in the game time after time. T- being touched one-handed, you're you're not actually down. No, I mean he he looked nice. Uh, had some nice throws. The throw to McDonald uh, obviously stands out. A guy who uh, missed a throw on that one. Uh, it was a longer corner route that he just overthrew briefly. But uh, looks to have, you know again. We're never going to take too much from one game, but. If you have a general theme of practice where a guy has continued to improve and has made strides uh, with accuracy and, and throwing motion and arm strength, and you see that in the game, you feel a little bit more comfortable in uh, believing in, in such an idea. So um, all things considered, leaving spring about uh, as positive as possible as you can at the quarterback position. 100%. Uh, so anybody really flashed to you for running back? Until uh, Philly had one run where I was impressed with his patience. Uh, I think that that's a kid that uh, continued to develop, and there's some nice things there. Uh, DJ Williams didn't necessarily flash to me, I have to say. Um, you know, we'll just have to see how that turns out over time. Don't want to be too critical on a kid. And uh, let me put it this way if there's tape of a kid running rough shot over LSU, I probably need to have a little bit more faith in that tape than maybe a spring game. Uh, but you do want to see some, you know, uh, development there and uh, the idea that you didn't just, you know, burn a scholarship to take another running back. Yeah, I mean, just based, on, based solely on what you saw in the spring game, you know, does he look like an FSU quality player, like somebody you need to use a scholarship to go out and get? No, but like he also has a bigger track record than that. So I, I think you're betting that you can get back to what he was as a freshman. and you know, Maybe you'll be right on that. Maybe you won't. I will say, I think with his size, I have to think that there is more there as far as being a pass protector on third downs and catching the ball out of the backfield. 
right? And just be being a, a, a check down target and somebody who can who can be a blitz pickup guy. You know, if if they use Milton more than Travis, then that that's you're probably going to need that. So I, I I think he may have some value. Definitely, although Corbin, you know, fits some of that as Does well. Does that pretty well? Uh, yeah. But uh, hey, let's uh, you know, if we don't have anything else at at running back, why don't we go ahead and declare that uh, maybe Malik McLean's going to be a starter for you because that was really impressive. Uh, nice, uh, nice, nice, <laughs> real nice recruiting win uh, in retrospect there over Ole Miss. Great to get that kid uh, you know, on campus as early as you have. Um, obviously makes the early touchdown, uh, makes a, a nice play on a throw by uh, Milton later on down the sideline. Just an impressive guy. Uh, Robinson flashed a couple times to me as well. But, uh, yeah, Malik McLean, hell of a performance and a guy who has very much thrown his hat into the competition for immediate snaps. Yeah, so there's two things here. Number one, I think Malik deserves credit for coming in you know, fairly ready. Now, he's not as consistent as, as they'd like him to be, but he's a freshman in, in his first semester in college. So that, that should come. But I feel like he's more advanced you know, than some freshmen are, and he also has really nice you know, physical upside. The other hand, like his competition at receiver is, is not much, man. I mean, I, 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 Terry Wilson was on a pitch count, I understand, according to the broadcast at least. Helton is is fine. He's not a special player. Like neither of those guys to me look like future pros or you know, like definitely not like future no doubt draft picks or anything. So the the lane is open for Malik to come in and get playing time, and he looked he looked pretty good. Like that that's a guy who you could easily dream on and say, okay, will he be a star as a freshman? Maybe not, but like come year two, he he could be. Yeah, that could be pretty nice. Yep. And maybe the most talented kid still in on campus yet from that class. So uh, by all accounts, uh, you know, Burrell had some real nice moments, continued to impress big physical kid. Uh, looks like he did a, a real damn good job in the wide receiver class this year. I would agree. Uh, I also want to point out that somebody two classes ago, they took a keen dent and Brian Robinson. Right. And both those guys, you know, South Florida dudes who, I consider to be tough competitors, guys who, who really played hard, were, you know, were very good both at the high school level and at seven on seven. And ultimately, they haven't done a damn thing yet so far. Both of them have been hurt, though, a bunch and really have not been able to get healthy. Robinson might finally be getting healthy. And I, that, I do think that's a thing. Like, and we can usually tell fairly early if a guy's going to be good or not once he gets on campus. I mean, coaches oftentimes will tell you, Ah shit, we might have missed on this kid, right? I mean, only you know, only a couple weeks after after he gets on campus, he, you know, it's like ah, he doesn't work the way we want him to, or you know, just it just didn't work out. Now they don't quit coaching the guy because they they want to be wrong, but they they'll you know they'll, they'll tell you some early fears potentially. But with 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 Robinson, like there really hasn't been much bad play or underwhelming play to judge. He's just been injured. I think the talent and the ability is still there. He had a couple catches in the game. I saw him get open a couple other times and not get the ball. I that was you know that was fairly like encouraging to me. I know he didn't have a huge game, but man, they need somebody to step up. And Brian Robinson, I think, can be a player if he can just stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was impressive. Maybe it's just the aesthetics of it. Uh, and I'm being making simple observations. Helton does look a little bit more uh, fluid, and sometimes those injuries can be two year injuries. Uh, hopefully, that's something where he's able to continue to. Come back, contribute. Uh, you know, by all counts, good kid, and certainly deserves to, uh, you know, have a chance to see what's there. 
Burrell, I mentioned earlier, love the kind of uh, flexibility he gives you as you use him. I mean, the kid kid's damn massive uh, and made a nice over-the-shoulder catch, has uh, you know very much kind of put himself uh, in the rotation, not necessarily, I think, going to get the amount of snaps that McLean is at this point, but somebody that they're going to be able to lean on and, uh, you know, has enough uh, flexibility that you can be kind of multiple in how you want to use him. Yeah, like I, I don't think that you want to – like he's not an H-back, but there are some there are some of the things they do with the bunch sets where I feel like he can sort of be a de facto H-back just with, with, with his size. If, he, if he's able to, you know, to, to get the blocking schemes down because he is that big. I mean, he he's he's big, and, and I just don't think that that giving a lot of snaps to Rector and Preston Daniel is really that much of a positive for this team. And yet, you don't really have other options at this point. We we, we have to see if Wilson comes back, you know, from his injury and, and how he looks. The, the tight end they were really excited about last year, who, who you know, blew his leg out and um, you know is, is working to get back. But I, I think ultimately, Josh Burrell, due to his blocking ability, if he's able to like to get, learn the blocking, it, he might get on the field quite a bit. It's also important to keep in mind that, in my opinion, the two most talented receivers for this team are not actually on campus yet in in, in Parchment and, and Hill. All right, man, let's, let's pause ever so briefly here to thank our friends at Legendary Home Loans. Legendary team with Chad and Shannon is just an awesome, awesome team. Great experience for me. Done it twice. 150 of our listeners have as well. 844-FSU-LOAN. It's 844-FSU-LOAN. Huge supporters of the Florida State program and of the NOLCAST. Find out why 150 NOLCAST listeners have decided to get their mortgage or their refi through the legendary team. It's great rates. It's customer service. It's an awesome experience. Man, check them out. 844-FSU-LOAN. Tell them we sent you. All right, man. Let's get to... uh... (laughs) Let's get to offensive line. I chuckle as I'm fond to do when I'm broaching a subject that I may not want to uh, jump into, or at least am aware that the audience may not love this aspect of the conversation. Um, for me, just kind of a stark reminder as to where we are and the fact that, uh, you know, I, have to, I think I predicted a couple months ago that I still thought Florida State would uh, would be able to find somebody. I don't know that it'll necessarily be a tackle, but they'll be able to find somebody that is a immediate impact off its alignment form. And I'm uh, going to stick by that prediction. And I'm certainly going to uh, be a big fan of the idea that hopefully that comes to fruition. Uh, you know, obviously you had uh, some of your better linemen on the sidelines. I don't want to get, you know, too hyper depressed here, but. But not that many, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, love Taylor. Of, of the people you think are going to be starters. It's just love Taylor. I think Schrader could be a decent backup for you. Got a, got a lot of work to do, certainly, and we were reminded of that on, on Saturday. I think that if these guys stay healthy, they can be good enough for FSU to make a bowl game. But I don't really see the rationale for expecting a huge leap out of this group this year. Now, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Darius Washington with the full offseason of lifting will, will really help, right? And Robert Scott, obviously, in his first you know full year, that, that could certainly help as well. But man, I, you know, and, and if if you get Love Taylor back and, and he's not hampered by the injury stuff at all, um, and, and he's about what he was last year, which was a you know, fine player, and you get Schrader back at some point, you know, I mean that that's not a bad seven, right? Like that's that's okay, not good, but it's not not terrible. The issue becomes if you have to play any of those guys that that were, were blocking for Rodemaker, and and that's really why I I was felt like every single episode. You have to get a transfer offensive lineman. 
doesn't even have to be a good one. Just give me somebody who is like average or even slightly below average. A below average college offensive lineman or below average ACC level lineman is going to play on this line and probably play a couple hundred snaps. And it's a very important insurance policy. Because like if you have to play a significant number of games where you're using Ira Henry or Jalen Goss or any of those type of guys, like in that case, like three and nine, four and eights on the table, man. Like p- pick an ACC game aside from Syracuse that you can win if you have to play Jalen Goss. I don't see it. No, I mean, we're back to some of all fears if you sustained uh, any kind of concentrated injury loss. Uh, or- I think they need to lower their standards as far as who they're looking at offensive lineman wise in the portal. Yeah. I'm not I'm like, I, I know they passed on some guys. They didn't think were that great. Maybe they're waiting on somebody else to jump in still. If you know, I, that, that's what I was told. We'll, we'll see if, if whomever that is actually does jump in. I have, I have faith that they're going to get somebody, I think, but they, they do need to get somebody. It is important to get a body. I believe because there, there's certain let, like the drop off is just huge. I, I had, I had a guy this morning, he, call, he calls games at the national level. And he was watching the game, and he's like, hey, these guys aren't their starters, right? They're like, no, no, no way. I was like, he's like, okay, what, where, where are the starters? And I, I basically you know, I showed him where on the broadcast copy it was. Um, he's like, okay, cool. He's like, man, I was going to say, this is, this is like weird. Do you think they're going to, like, do you think they'll regret not taking some of the guys they could have taken? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if that happens. But, uh, you know, you certainly just got to get a body. Got to get a body that can raise the floor, give you a, a competent, uh, reliable source of offensive line play and, you know, limit the the likelihood that some of these names that we just talked about are, are taking meaningful competitive snaps for you. Also, I, I do think if you get a tackle, that's really big because that means you, you only have to have one of Love Taylor, Scott, or Washington play tackle. Who all three may not ideally be tackles. So it would be great to be able to slide Love Taylor down to guard if you got a kid that you were comfortable enough playing tackle. I mean, that's your that's your ideal offensive line, in my opinion. Um, so also I think FSU's own internal projections, like long term, think all those guys are guards, just based on, on the information I've been told. You know, we'll 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 see what uh, what happens there. But yeah, I, I, I do think they they're gonna show progress, probably good enough to make a bowl game, you know, if, if they stay healthy. The the real fear is like you said, is is if somebody gets hurt, that's that's real bad. Um also, like the D line they're going up against wasn't necessarily, you know, that great. Like it's not a D line that did much last year. Although you do have some new faces that I know we'll be talking about here in this next segment. Yeah, certainly. So we'll move our pivot, our focus to defense, and uh, you know, overall, a uh, better coordinated unit uh, at times didn't have quite some of the you know guys running wide open, and people seemed to have a little bit better feel uh, for what they were looking at, what they were being asked of. Uh, we'll go, you know, kind of position group by position group as we are fond of. But uh, real quickly, want to mention uh, Christian Stafford. Now, Christian Stafford, who's that? Is that a recruit? No, not necessarily, uh, although maybe Christian one day will grow into one. He's a 15-year-old fan of ours who ran into Matt Thomas at the spring game. Uh, or Matt, Tom, Matt Thompson, Matt Thomas. not Matt Thomas. He did. <laughs> Man, Matt, Matt Thomas for a while was a hard guy to find. Uh, all, all, all the articles we did on him on Google were awesome, but like, he was he was hard to find sometimes. Ankle, ankle. Well, uh, no, Matt Thompson uh, ran in, blown away by Christian. Christian's an avid listener of the Nolcast. I'm just happy to hear that we have, you know, 15 year old kids that that listen to the Nolcast. The more that we do this, the more that I'm 
aware that some of our listeners probably think that we're, you know, old AF and uh, great to have you, Christian. Great to, for us to be able to work with people like Matt and his team at Madison Social. It's a fantastic place on Saturday. Great place throughout the week. We mentioned uh, one or two recruits might have made their way over there and hard to think of a, a better place for Tallahassee to put their best foot forward. So whether you're uh, the best defense back in the country or whether you're just Joe Q public uh, making your way through town, hit up Mad. So hit up township, great people, great team, and uh, have been nothing but a fantastic influence on the Nolcast since day one. That, that is great to hear. 15 year old listeners, man. That is, that is awesome. Um, oh, speaking of listening habits, if you all listen to the Nolcast on your smart speaker, let, let me know. Just, just, just tweet at us. I'm curious. Uh, I, I, you know, looking at some, some metrics, uh, and I, I'm just curious as to how many of y'all are doing that, uh, and, and whether some of these metrics are, uh, are, are what we think they are. All right. Uh, yeah, I, man, I think the number one takeaway I had from the defense was the lack of guys, as you mentioned, running wide open. And that was despite the fact that Miko Dotson and, uh, and green were, weren't there. And those guys are probably, probably starters or you know very likely contributors and two of the more reliable players i believe last year at least uh of in terms of like actually being where you're supposed to be <laughs> so to me it was encouraging you didn't have as many guys running wide open well while you had two of your more reliable guys out let's just hope that uh <laughs> let's hope that the defense continues to take strides in that stance i mean you know it's just uh defense that at times was really kind of unexcusable last year. So uh, or we'll hope that the uh, inexcusable play tends to rear its head a little bit less. Uh, one guy that will help with any defense is Jermaine Johnson. I mean, great uh, that Florida State was able to get him really the first, I would say, absolute mega get in the recruiting portal uh, that they've had as far as a talent that you have full confidence can immediately be plug and played. Uh, Johnson, do you remember Johnson was actually on the um, last chance you that ripped our audio and then mislabeled who we were, but uh, he was actually part of that team. And even at that point was uh, praised for great practice habits, et cetera, et cetera. A guy who's just a high level pass rusher, something you haven't had in quite a while and will be a great addition to this, this defense. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about Jermaine Johnson, man. I, I think he's going to be your best pass rusher by, you know, a mile. He's fairly thick. Looks like looks like he's pretty strong. Um, I I don't think he's like a first rounder. I guess nothing is impossible, but still, I, I think he's somebody who's really gonna be able to help you out. He, he was the only guy out there who physically was bullying the first team offensive line. Particularly, he, he beat Robert Scott a couple of times. I, I know he abused, you know, one of the one of the walk on. Well, I guess they're not walk ons anymore. One of the tight ends who are like walk on quality, right? You know, re- really, really beat him up pretty good, and and I think could be a real disruptor for you. He also tweeted that he's fine after he kind of slipped down and, and twisted his leg or whatever on that uh, on that play before the end of the first half. So very, very nice to uh, to see that he's he's doing okay and, and uh, he's also doing well in the classroom according to his tweet. But the, the defensive line certainly looks a whole lot better with Jermaine Johnson. Uh, I will caution you and everybody else out there that you know who looked like Jermaine Johnson last year in practice, Josh Kando. Josh Kander didn't do a damn thing on the field. Well, I shouldn't say that. He didn't do much for you this year on the field. And I do think that Jermaine Johnson is going to be more productive than Josh Kando was. I think he has a little bit more burst. Um, and I think that they're going to use him in a better role. But I would not be totally sold on the idea that he's going to be 
you know, all ACC guy at this point. Um, I mean, he was fighting, like he was not going to be a starter at Georgia. And there are other guys coming that were trying to take his second string job. That doesn't mean that you're not a good player. The way Georgia recruits, you're going to have a lot of, a lot of really, really talented guys hit the portal. And I do believe Johnson's talented. I'm just, I'm a little bit like, wait and see. I don't, I'm not going to pencil him in as first team all ACC yet. Not, not that I'm saying you are, but like, I just, that, that was sort of the reaction I was seeing. I was like, hold on. We, we've seen FSU's offensive tackles make their, their opposing defensive ends in practice look like all Americans for about four years running now. Although one of them did turn out to be pretty damn good named Brian Burns. Yeah, yeah, Burns Burns legit. But other than that, uh, you're right. There's been a repetitive theme of coaches on this staff not being able to evaluate what they actually have on defense because of uh, the way an offensive line unit makes them look in practice. I do think, if we can point that out, I I, I think like it is worth – did we say this on the pod or did I say this to you in a phone call? But like, I think Willie in 2018 and Norvell and his staff in 2020 – get a pass for the misevaluating of what they had because they had not coached in the league before, right? Like when Jimbo took over, he had coached in the ACC for, for a while. I think he had a pretty good idea of what they were going to be in the ACC. And yet, you know, they thought they were going to go out there and easily handle Oklahoma, but they had not played a non-conference opponent at that level in a long time. And, and they got their doors blown off. I think the, the real thing was when Willie Staff thought that they were going to be a whole lot better in 2019 on the offensive line and, you know, and also on the defensive line. Ultimately they were not that much better. They were better, but not, you know, a a ton. So I I do give Mike a bit of a pass for that. Um, And I I don't think that I'm not hearing things from the staff behind the scenes. Like, Hey, Johnson's like a no doubt first rounder. They're they're being a little more cautious Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. All right. Fair enough to point out. Nonetheless, a couple other guys flashed at the defensive line position. Uh, Dennis Briggs continues to, Look good since rejoining the uh, team halfway through last year. Uh, McClendon, hey, look, that's a, I think I've said this multiple times now, but that's a kid when they signed, I wasn't sure that that's necessarily the best scholarship to put out there. Uh, not, again, not convinced that he's going to be a superstar because of uh, what he's done in spring, but a guy that's contributed, uh, continued to get better and continued to put himself in a place to be a contributor. A couple other guys, look, I don't want to take shots at people, but there's a couple of people's names on the defensive line that you just haven't heard from at all. I would extrapolate that to get a pretty good idea that they're probably not going to make a whole lot of contributions, uh, depending on where they are in their career. I'm not trying to be overly critical, but, you know, at some point either light comes on or light doesn't. Um, also worth pointing out that, you know, Kier Thomas didn't play, and that's uh, you know going to be one of your probably one of your better defense linemen. I, at this point, I, I would kind of pencil him in to start, I think. I mean, w- wouldn't you? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I don't see where uh, – yeah, I, I don't necessarily see how he wouldn't. I mean, and, and if he doesn't quote-unquote start, I mean, I think he's probably at least, if he stays healthy, like, like you know, a 500 snap guy. So that's that's basically starters reps. I thought Josh Farmer did some nice things. I know he's going against some guys who we just don't think are ever going to be any good here, but he's also a, a – you know, an early enrollee freshman who, who has had some good rushes. So that, that was encouraging. Um, I thought McClendon had, had some nice stuff going on this spring. You know, I, I do still have some hopes for him. Some of the other defensive ends, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think you're going to be able to develop and get much out of those guys. That's why they're so excited about some of the, the, the true freshmen they have coming in you know, this fall who are probably going to be contributors come 2022. But yeah, defensive line... A little bit worried about the depth coming out of spring, I guess, in some ways. 
But overall, I think they're good enough to get you to a bowl game. And that's really the lens that I'm evaluating this through. You have so much recruiting momentum right now. You know the losses are going to pile up in the fall. Just how many? And can you spin it? Are you accurately kind of letting kids know, hey, man, we have all this playing time to sell you because we're not very good right now. Because when you actually get here on campus, you're going to be the most talented player at your position. And it's not going to be very close in some cases. So can you make a bowl game? Can you find a way to make a bowl? I do think that that is a tangible thing you can hang your hat on. Real improvement. You could also say, hey, we doubled the number of wins from year one to year two. Yeah, six ain't impressive, but it's better than three. I, 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 think, I think they're going to be okay defensive line-wise if, if they stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're talking about defensive line of Johnson, uh, Fabian, uh, Coop, Cooper, True Thompson, McClendon, Thomas, Briggs. Briggs. You know, nobody that you think is necessarily going to set the world on fire, but those are, you know, that's that's a, a decent enough defensive front, I think, with, with pieces to work with. I really wish Emmett Rice would have stayed healthy. It would it would give us a much better kind of idea as to where the linebackers are. And I know, you know, Gainer's, it looks uh, it looks okay. There's some nice moments there. Gainer's obviously a great athlete, a really fluid guy. There's times where he looks like he's just on the verge of becoming a breakout player. Stephen Dix, kind of the same thing. A uh, little, not quite as fluid, not quite as uh, as quick in some movement. A guy that has a whole lot to contribute to. Uh, has a whole lot to continue to get better, continue to contribute but also at the time has some some feet that concern me, and I wonder how that plays out long-term. So uh, linebackers are, you know, a little bit of a work in progress still at this point, in my opinion. I, I would agree. Um, you know, I, I want to see better coaching there. I think Gaynor, just w- with his natural athleticism, is, is going to be o- okay there, most likely. Uh, but I, I want to see Dix, I don't know, like g- given his physicality, I I thought maybe he'd be a little more up to speed now, and I'm not, Totally seeing that just yet, uh, but may- maybe the light will come on there. I mean, this is only what his, was he an early enrollee last year? I think he was, right? So this is his third semester on campus. But then again, like last off season, really wasn't a real off season at all. I mean, it was it was a COVID off season, right? And they didn't have a spring. So this is really his first, you know, actual spring with the team. So I, I think that's sort of still very much a work in progress. Call me crazy, but I do think they're going to be okay at DB. I, I just, I do. I think you have this much uh, experience and a decent amount of athleticism. I think that they're going to play the guys who are going to be in the right spots and, and play the right techniques. And you have so many DBs. What, what are they, like 18 on scholarship? I, I, I think there's strength in numbers here, man. Like, there's no way that all these guys suck. No, and it's it's been the place where you've had some of your you know better wins uh, on the recruiting trail over the past three years. I I have to think that gets fixed. I don't know necessarily that you know Dent's going to be a part of it at least right now. Still a lot of progress to make uh, for Akeem, but um, Kevin Knowles probably one of the players that if you just sit there plug the plug the tape in, watch it for thirty minutes, turn it off, and tell me who stood out on the offensive side, who stood out on the defensive side. Uh, Kevin Knowles may well be the name that I give you for the defense and impressive performance. And that's a kid that looks ready to, you know, contribute and fight for fight for some of those snaps that we talked about that are going to be up for grabs. Agreed. Um, so with, with Knowles, I, I just, he's not super physical looking, obviously he's pretty skinny, but 
he's pretty quick. He seems to know what he's doing. I think he mirrors fairly well. He could be somebody that when you do go dime and, and, and you put the sixth defensive back on the field, like you could have him covering the slot fairly well. Um, I know they want to play a lot of that nickel where, where they're actually using kind of that, you know, more Jamie Robinson type type nickel safety uh, down there in the slot. But when you go dime, and you will have to do that at times this year, he could be somebody to uh, to, to consider there. But I, I do believe he can play man to man and 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 cover some of these smaller shiftier guys. So yeah, very encouraging for him. And, and then he you know he undercuts that route there that Rodemaker under underthrew the ball and uh, and got the pick on that. I'm not telling you he's going to be a, a hit. And we've certainly seen guys star in the spring game disappear, you know, never to be heard from again. Uh, but they seem to be pretty happy with what they got in Kevin Knowles based on the feedback I've gotten. Yeah, had the interception, had a nice tackle at the line of scrimmage, had a, had a, had a you know, a reasonably well-rounded display of what he can possibly do. So a uh, nice performance from him. And you just got so many athletic, talented bodies that ultimately got to have faith that the secondary works itself out. Uh, Darian Jones, Brownlee, yeah. you know, Gant, um, Travis, Travis Jay. Jay. I mean, yeah. you've got I, – I will tell you, I'll go ahead and ruin the season positional preview <laughs> Uh, series that we do that I won't be picking them to be the best unit in the conference as I did last year. Uh, and I will remember that for a long time. Uh, but I do think that that's a, a good unit that you can have confidence and, you know, give you a, a solid B effort uh, at this point, leaving spring and don't necessarily know who the names will be, but uh, know that you've collected enough names that you can have a decent degree of confidence on what your secondary is going to look like. You know, I thought moved kind of well. Just or at least stood out a little bit, uh, Lloyd Willis. Like he was the one guy out there that I thought, okay, he might have a chance to to, to be a player or to do something down the line. Not this year, probably, but like I, I think that they may be able to you know develop him. Alex Atkins may be able to turn him into somebody who can help this football team down the line. Before you look at any of your other notes there, Bud, want to thank our friends at Congruity real quickly here uh, again. Matt Lewis has been a great addition. Uh, for our business, he can uh, just give him 10 minutes, see what he can do to make yours better. Uh, Congruity is experiencing your business optimized. Matt can be reached at 844-247-4100 or Knowles at congruityhr.com. Uh, by the way, did you notice like how ineffective the screens were in this game? I did. I did. Now, I, I you know, again, I'll, I'll draw a little bit of that from my own personal experience of high school and scrimmage. And it, it just you can sniff out a screen on your own team at a level that I think is just it's just different. It's just different. Uh, you see it. You can see it in your lineman splits. You can you just it's a little bit easier to to feel what's coming, in my opinion. I, I think you nailed it. I mean, there were most of the screens got got stopped for a, a loss or, or or no gain. And that was you know, if you compare that to what FSU did last year, I thought FSU was actually, you know, a, a decent screen team last year. Uh, and, you know, in the spring game, they, they were not. But I, I agree with you. It probably, but there are probably little clues that you're not even realizing consciously. They're probably just subconscious clues you're picking up as an opposing defensive lineman when, when, you, when you've gone against these guys in practice for, you know, for weeks on end now. I'm trying to think other guys. Did, uh, did Jarvis McClellan play? I don't remember seeing him playing. I didn't see I him. Don't. Maybe he did, and I just missed him. I know Brandon Moore uh, almost had a pick on on Rodemaker. I'm just trying to, are there any of the new guys that we missed? Nobody that really comes to mind. Uh, 
And let, let me know if you think of any. My kind of parting thought as we wrap up tonight's Nolcast would be like, uh, I was thrilled just personally to see how many alumni who have no connections, ties, or whatever else to Mike Norvell uh, seemed really impressed by what they saw, uh, kind of the the hands that the program are in. Now, look, if you go to something like that and it's a bad experience, then you know it's real hard to make that bad. Now, Florida State did that a couple of years ago, so I don't want to get uh, you know too far off in telling you how how easy of a process this is, but impressed by how much of a seemingly across the board buy-in from former players and uh guys who are pretty excited about what the what the future seems to hold and uh you know Florida State alumni uh have always been involved in the program but certainly more involved uh of late and appear to be uh really kind of embracing aspects of this team and some of the people on it and uh willing to willing to lend a, a helping hand in some uh, instances. So uh, that was a, that was a good thing. Something that stood out to me from Saturday. Did, uh, did you like how it was basically all, all, uh, all backups and, and walk-ons in the second half? Yeah. I mean, they, they thinned out the rosters pretty significantly. It seemed it was, it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I guess I would have liked to see more football, but, but you know, you're limited on bodies at times. So I, I, I get it overall. Uh, Pretty good spring, man. A, a lack of, well, not, not a complete lack, but you know, like you, you didn't have a quarterback go down. Um, There's, we're not, we're not redesigning a depth chart right now because of an injury sustained right, during exactly. spring, and that's one of the one to two biggest things, in my opinion, is how you evaluate a spring. So that's fantastic. You're not trying to look at a position change or whatever else. Uh, it's great. You got everybody through it. It would appear, and. Um, Hey, you know, you certainly did a lot on the recruiting trail that we'll continue to talk about. But, you know, good spring on you, Mike Norvell. Looks like things are uh, headed in a positive direction. All things considered, it was a positive process. I really, I mean, yeah, I, I really think that they are doing a lot of good things behind the scenes. And I said on the last show, I'll say it again. I do think that they have a real chance to be the first, you know, six and six team to have a top 10 class in the early signing period era. They just got to find a way to get to that ballgame. All right, y'all. If y'all got a chance to give us a five star on whatever platform you choose to consume our podcast on, that's always appreciated. Uh, thank you very much to the support that we received from uh, our general listenership, Patreon, sponsors, everybody else that makes the Nolcast possible. Uh, that'll be it for tonight, and we will be back with you soon. Thank you very much. This has been the Nolcast. The Nolcast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith, music by Judson Wright and produced by Justin Robinson. Go Knowles.